On today's episode, we are running down the most notable shows and episodes of 2022 based on the 135 series that we discussed. The full list can be found in the description, starting with The Cleaning Lady and concluding with Disney's Willow. Along with our best and worst picks, we will also revisit some of our original takes and see how they panned out. It's December 2022, and this is our year-end review. For those unfamiliar with this podcast, every episode one of us watches or both of us watches the latest installment of a different series. Then one of us is tasked with doing the background research on it. And then that results in a review that covers plot, fun facts, critical reception, and then our rating. At the industry's current pace of production, we end up analyzing a lot of pilots. Do you even know how many we did this year? Would, Out of 135. I would guess like 80. 95. 95? The amount of episodes that we watch usually depends on the premiere drop, but normally fluctuates between one and three. We did do a handful of full season reviews, but only like five or six. Only five or six? I thought we did. Like Zootopia, Harley Quinn, yeah. that type of stuff. Um, do you know by breakdown, like what what uh, network or streamer do you think that we did the most of? The most? Yes. Um, I would say Disney Plus, maybe? <laughs> Disney Plus did, didn't even crack the top five. Oh, wow. It was eight okay. shows by Disney off. Plus. 22 from Netflix, 15 Apple, 15 HBO, 10 Hulu, 10 Prime, 9 Peacock, 8 Disney, and 18 Network, which fluctuates between ABC, CBS, NBC, CW, um, and then there's like a couple other. Uh, and then we did do like sci-fi and Spectrum, and but those were like one-offs. I think that Netflix has cracked our top like streaming, top shows that we've reviewed from it in Netflix, the past. I think, makes the most streaming content. Yeah, well, of, they've definitely been around the longest. They've been around the longest, but they've also like accrued an international, like they, they'll team up yes. with like international networks and create original content that way which is almost cheating <laughs> but um yeah moving forward let's just like crack into our top five episodes so we we broke this down with our top five episodes and top five shows because like i stated we've seen sometimes more than one episode per review and so we've end up we've watched like probably more than 200 uh, series episodes along with the 135 shows yeah. that we've watched. So we really wanted to say these are specifically the episodes that we felt were the most, the best of yes. the year. And they weren't necessarily indicative of the show being good or bad, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Like they this stand, they stand the alone. Number five on my list is The Terminal List. I found this incredibly intense. I really like Taylor Keish acting, but I think Chris Pratt holds its own. It has the twist ending at the very end of it. And I still at find- At the very like, end of the episode? Yes, at the, the very pilot? end of the episode. Yeah, there's like a really great sense of mystery. And this is like, he's a war veteran, right? Right, he comes back from war. And he's, is this like a Hurt Locker scenario? Or where no, he, no. he wants to go back to war? Or <laughs> no, no, it's the fact that he like- gets caught up in his, this like huge- con His team, when yeah. he was like on a beach, gets ambushed. Oh, okay. And there is uh, someone that was very close to him that died during the ambush uh, yes. and then he comes back and he thinks that that person is okay but then people are telling him that like that person actually died and but he's still able to see so it's him. like a psychological almost uh, like fight club yeah a little bit yeah. oh okay all right cool so that's your number five my number five oh are you done talking yes about? Yeah. five days at memorial so five is five, five days at memorial this premiere felt like the first half of an apocalypse movie mixed with three-dimensional characters, something you don't <laughs> normally see in a hospital. 
And this was a 2005 Category 5 hurricane, of course, Hurricane Katrina. But the way that they made the storm so threatening and also the tension that was building, despite the doctors just going about their regular routine, you just heard the thundering and the, and the monstrous like waves of uh, rain hitting the sides. Like the show kind of went in a different direction after a while. But this first episode knocked it out of the park and it deserves to be in the top five I remember discussion. Yeah. the production for it, like how they ended up making oh, yeah. the storm. To make it shake, to make the building shake. Just People, crazy. Yeah. yeah, even if they don't stick around for the rest of the show, watch that first episode. Number four for you is what? Peaky Blinders, the finale. Of course. I mean, you kind of have to watch the whole show to really understand how good this finale was. Yeah, you were a fan before we even reviewed the right. show. So yes. you were aware of everything going on. Would someone who has never seen Peaky Blinders, who just watched the finale, <laughs> like it as much as you did? Oh, no, not not as much. You may still enjoy <laughs> it. But the thing is, also, season six, this actually was a benefit for the finale after the first two episodes really went downhill. Episodes three through so five. So you weren't a fan of the full season. No, not the full season. I actually like the first five seasons. Season six is kind of mediocre, but this finale made it good. Because and was it mostly because of Killian Murphy or... Oh, Killian Murphy does a great job in this show. And but he's, he's coming back. The show's over, but the movie's They're still so. going to make the movie, yeah. But the thing is, is that also it just, like, ties up all the story arcs in such a great way. And I just feel like, yeah, anyone who really enjoyed the show, you have to like this movie. I remember there was, like, a gas scene in it that was really good. Yeah, the blow Like a mustard thing. gas type. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just such a brutal way to kill off a movie. Okay, don't. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> no, right. no other spoilers. Like, all we'll right. spoil a little, but not enough to yes. quit if someone wants to jump in. But that was my number four pick. Got it. My number four one was lost all it was also a finale it was lost ollie's finale episode four um if you're like me and you haven't been happy with like the last few toy story films and you want to connect with your inner child uh this is an adventure it's a tearjerker it's a fantasy and it deserves more attention i feel it was like released on netflix and not enough people heard about it <laughs> and it only has like a seven or something on imdb which is completely undeserved especially if you watch this last episode uh, you should watch all four, but like this one really captures, I think, the the, the magic maybe Incredible, of some yeah. of those like children's stories that that really transcend time. Um, and so yeah, and the CGI is great. So oh, throughout the whole series, but yeah, you watched it too, yeah. and you like those stuffed stuffed animals as they ran around. Your number three. My number three pick, uh, we reviewed, I think, like, the whole season, or it feels like we did at least, Atlanta, but specifically Cancer Attack, episode five, the episode in which Paperboy loses his phone, and then they find the person that stole it, or they think they found the person that stole it. I found that episode to be just classic Atlanta, but, like, I thought I found all the, like, jokes to work. I thought the actor that played the person who stole the phone was, like, absolutely great, and just overall, just a perfect episode. Socks? No, 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 the the person who they think stole it in okay. the plot. Yeah, and then there's also music in that episode, which makes for a nice little... Yeah, no, I mean, just like I said, classic Atlanta, number three on my list. Would you watch that on repeat? Yes, I could definitely repeat that viewing, yeah. On that, okay. Um, my number three, this one is difficult because it's actually not even my favorite episode of this show, but it has the moment when I realized that this show was going to be one of the best shows of the year. Um, mm, okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. It, it it's it, good on Apple, so it's Pachinko. Okay, Pachinko. Okay, yeah. yeah for green lighting this because it's a time flipping cross cultural Korean Japanese period drama. You wouldn't <laughs> romance like you wouldn't expect it to necessarily be that good. It's named off a arcade game or a casino game. You know, I typed in uh, like best shows for the year just yeah. in preparation for this, and Pachinko continually ended up. But on we're my talking, first list. yeah. I'm not talking about it being the best show. Right? I'm talking about no, this specific episode. episode. Episode three has a moment 
about halfway or near the end where uh, the main character is having a conversation with sort of a secondary character. And there's just something so touching about that conversation where it, it just makes you forget you're watching a TV show and you're just completely committed into like what happens to these people. Agreed. So um, yeah, that's that's my number three for you what my number two pick mm -hmm. was wolf like me the finale if you remember i said yeah, that you the, really like that show the too. finale amy adams and josh what's his name i think it's is it isla fisher oh, yeah, isla oh fisher. okay yeah i was Fisher confused. and josh gad but the thing is is that the finale specifically foregoes the whole entire comedy aspect this is just a straight so it's up a comedy horror. for five episodes for five episodes and then the finale is just a straight up horror and they do it so well i really enjoy like i don't it. even think they could pull that off in what we do in the shadows oh no no so that's not. that that is yeah yeah i mean it, it was just it was so intense i know i said that for the yeah you, you like to but use even, that word but even in here it was it was that times 10 like you were really scared about what that's was going why to happen up on your list. It, it was like one of those independent horror movies and there's so many of those like come out but this one specifically is like one of the good ones where you're like oh i actually really enjoyed this way more than i thought i would so number two on the list just because of how original and compelling that was to take a five episode comedy series and then just and it's australian too it's an australian series yeah yeah and i and i think it's getting renewed and i i can't wait for season two but the episode itself the finale number two on my list i just remember there's a part because i didn't watch the show but you told me about where like josh gad just walks into a swimming pool and then we used it for our tweet when we put out the show <laughs> He just like he gets so fed up with like that he just walks straight I don't, into it. I don't think that was pool. the finale. I think that was like episode four. Or five, oh, okay. But yeah. All right. If you're like me and you like Catch Me If You Can, then you'll love Tokyo Vice the pilot. Tokyo Vice the pilot. Okay. Yes, it's like a Walking Dead situation where it sets up the series almost too well. You <laughs> the potential is just out the roof when you first watch it. Uh, Ansel Elgort plays this guy who's trying to make it as a journalist in Japan, uh, and this is in the past where uh, like no one is white <laughs> so like it's very strange there uh, there's a cultural dynamic but also it's like he gets a uh, mixed in with this like shady mob scenario and it's all very 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 interesting and intriguing and the show for the rest of it is okay but it never meets the heights of that first yeah. episode again so but people should watch that as a, like a one-off you oh, okay. So, so just watch the pilot and then sure. nothing else? Yes. <laughs> uh, so number one on my list is one that was on your list, Lost Ollie, the finale. I found that to be incredibly touching. This was somehow able to bring in all the emotion and just all of like the thing. It's like a Pixar film. How Pixar somehow can like actually appeal to everyone. I thought that it did a great job here. And yeah, Lost Ollie, just the finale, I feel like definitely deserves the number one spot just because of all the like, it had everything, action, humor, like comedy but just i mean just all in the end when it comes down to it all i found that to be a perfect episode and definitely the closest i would come to giving an episode on this list a 10 out of 10 hey, so we both agree on that one i'm sorry i took one of your shows i didn't realize i had oh, nice. spaced on the fact that i had done the research on that one we're not supposed to technically <laughs> use other people's yeah okay. i was a little surprised when i haven't hey, but hey no it, it, it's a great it shows how good episode. it is yeah yeah all right so far i've listed off a docudrama a children's show, a foreign drama, a crime drama. It's only fair that now my number one is actually ending with a comedy. And that is, oh, uh, comedy. yeah, the After Party episode three, Ben Schwartz's focal episode. <laughs> it's outrageous. If you're not in into that type of comedy, you're going to hate it. 
but the personal narration and the great ensemble cast uh, to this specific episode. The songs are surprising. There are good. songs. I don't want to spoil too much about the songs, but they definitely are paying homage <laughs> to uh, pop culture. Um, and I could go back and watch that specific episode at any time. Obviously, the whole show is about this after party of this high school, like, re- what was it called? A reunion. Re yeah, a reunion that takes place. Someone ends up dying and they have to figure out who murdered them. So it's a whodunit <laughs> in a sort of way. Um, but yeah, those are my top five. Uh, let's run down them real quick again. Five Days at Memorial, Episode 1, Lost Ollie, Episode 4, Pachinko, Episode 3, Tokyo Vice, Episode 1, and The After Party, Episode 3. Yours Mine are, are The Terminalist, Pilot, Peaky Blinders Finale, Atlanta Season 3, Episode 5, also titled Cancer Attack, uh, Number 2, Wolf Like Me, Finale, and Number 1, Lost Ollie, the finale as well. All right, so now it's time to jump into the five worst episodes of the year. These were actually harder to pick for me because a lot of the time when I just don't like an episode, I don't go through the process of just hating yeah, on it, you know? I, no, I agree, yeah. So, all right, but I did the best I could here. So my number five is The Law and Order. When it came back, it was revived. Mm -hmm. Season 21, episode one. I feel like there was so much potential for it to, like, kick it off with a really strong episode and show that it it, it had a reason for coming back. Right, yeah. I feel like it was wasted potential. I feel like it was preachy. It was ham-fisted. There was political messaging. And uh, overall, I just did not like that episode. So it's 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 bad. Number five for me was Money Heist Korea, the pilot. Uh -huh. I understand why it was made, which I can't I say. Don't. For, <laughs> I can't say for a lot of these things. They were just trying to like kind of cash in on Money Heist. It was already a foreign Netflix show. Why did it need to be another Korean that, well, that's, Netflix show? Uh, I mean, it was basically just a carbon copy, but they took all oh, those bad worse. pits. Yeah, yeah, they took all the bad parts of it and uh. they decided to put it in this TV series. It was also like, I think over an hour, which was way too long. But I would have put this as a contestant for one of the worst shows of the actual year, not just one of the, not like the pilot episode. What specifically, I guess the pilot is the one that really shows you, oh, this isn't going to be any good. Right, yeah. I, okay. So, I mean, like in the end, when it comes down to it all, I, I do think that's better than the other ones that I have listed here. But yeah, I think it definitely deserves a spot on the bottom list. All right. My number four is Billy the Kid, season one, episode seven. I like to give pilots a wide berth like they have pilotitis there's a lot of exposition there's a lot of mistakes you know but this was by episode seven yeah and it doesn't help that they cast a 27 year old to play someone who was supposed to be like 10 years younger and like who died when they were 21 and also who's like a legend in in like western past and, and this whole episode if i remember correctly felt like it was a side plot in a red dead redemption game but where your main character is trying to be a saint like hmm. everything that Billy the Kid is doing is like a good thing. He's it's right. Billy the Kid. Right, yeah. Everyone okay. knows it him made as no outlaw. sense. There yeah. were plot holes. I just didn't like that episode. Number four on my list. Number four on my list is actually episode four of East New York. I know that I gave it somewhat a favorable review, like a five you out of ten. You gave all the CBS ones somewhat favorable, like Fire Country, so help me Todd. Well, I didn't watch so help me Todd. Uh oh, but I thought that overall we had done we talked about it yeah. yeah and then for this one i thought you also said was like okay the more that i thought about it the more i just could not understand why regina haywood the main character of the show had a job she screamed at the person blown that was about to blow up a building to like get down when the police were about to take them out with snipers you would lose your job in an instant i really did not like regina i mean every cop show has crazy stuff happening in it no no, no 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 this, you're this, just this, saying this is, is above and aboard or above what was 
like reasonable to uh, suspend disbelief. It's for. memorable in yes. all the wrong ways. Okay. Regina's right. mom, like, well, they they try to like bring in this cheesy message about family by the end that just does not work, and I that's mean, the reason. A, it's a network drama. Yeah, yeah no, but <laughs> but it, this, this is, is even just the worse. worst of the worst yes. network drama. And I would bring it down to number four. And it's honestly, been renewed for four seasons. I'm, I'm my my I rating think it will be, be renewed. My rating would probably I'd change it to like a three or four. Okay. Really not that all great. Right. Um, my number three is Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, episode one. Uh, there's only been one season of it. It was called Lot 36. If you listen to that episode, you will hear my full thoughts. But in short, it's cringy. Uh, it's predictable. There's a racist main character who really doesn't do anything throughout the entire episode that makes them redeemable or even worth watching the, there's plot holes and it's really a lot of potential waste i'm a little surprised to the hear second episode is pretty good but the first episode which follows episode. kind of a similar plot um is is pretty bad i think like it's also written by Guillermo del Toro. yeah it, well it's something that actually happened to him i yeah, know the show itself has good reviews but you're saying that the pilot the, yeah that well yeah i don't know if it's even called a pilot because they were all released at once and it's really just an independent story Go watch. Just start at the second one if you're going to watch this series. Number three for me, Miss Marvel, the pilot. Oh. I only ended up watching the pilot. This, in terms of all I've read the Marvel the comic shows, for this before. Yeah, the, yeah. She gets her powers. This, in terms of like compared, and I like the main lady because she's like a real fan of the Marvel series. Compared to all the other Marvel series, this yeah. one really tanks. What about She Hulk? She Hulk. Well, I never watched She Hulk. What it, about uh, what? We even what did, if? What if honestly was better than Ms. Marvel, I thought. I don't believe that. This goes <laughs> I didn't like what if. Yeah. <laughs> this goes like just the, the complete kids route, which is Oh, but fine. you're not talking about the show as a whole, you're just talking about I'm the I'm just pilot. talking about the pilot. Yes. Yeah, it, it goes the whole kids route, which is fine, but like it just doesn't feel it's like there Disney was pilot. any Yes, completely. It honestly made me a little mad at the end. The only part that I remember that was good was actually the end credit scene where the guy from Succession, who was yeah. in, also in the Spider-Man, but this is just about back. a girl who gets her powers in a weird way, and her friends are kind of tropey. And uh, but it's, it's really boring. It's really it's it's, really boring. Okay, so it's lame. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, episode two for me is uh, season four, episode five of In the Dark. First episode I've ever seen of the show. Did not do a very good storyline for its main character. She wasn't solving a case in this one. She was actually in the middle of a courtroom trial where she was the one who was having to defend herself. She did have a lawyer, but I think the lawyer was related to a love triangle that she was connected to, and she hooked up with the other guy who wasn't <laughs> the brother, and that is plot holes and... Uh, if you were a fan of that show, maybe it made more sense I because I know they brought some cameos. people back. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> but like, if you just jumped into this one, not a good episode, like really bad. <laughs> so yeah, that's my number two. What's your number one? Or sorry, your number two. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember when we were doing our first uh, best of of the uh, year back in April, I said that this was so good that it's bad that it couldn't end up on my bottom list. But I, I rechanged that opinion. Rebelde, the pilot, mm -hmm. it's so laughably bad, especially the ending twist where it was like they're all like jamming out and the people that kidnapped them or are in a different room are like really agreeing with it and starting to be like, it's they're got, pretty good. It's got good music. It's got... No, no, no. I know Netflix has put a lot of production value in this. They're already about to release the second season of it. And having done the research on that show, 
that exhaustive research. Like it took me a really long time. I found out about the Argentine show that started it off. Mm-hmm. The Chris, uh, what's her name? The person who like created the entire industry of soap operas for teens. <laughs> it like this show, even if the show itself might not be great. And what episode are you going after the pilot? The pilot, yeah. Yeah, it, what it's come from is it's legendary. Like it's crazy. Um, but 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 go listen to that podcast if you haven't heard it. That's a fun one. Yeah. Um, and so for not my number one, though, it's fairly recent. I don't think there's recency bias, though, because um, the first 20 minutes of this are borderline unwatchable. I think I said at the time that they spent more time kissing than talking. And <laughs> when they do talk, their mouths have to be no further than like two inches apart from one another. And <laughs> it's convenient because the plot has it where it, once the thing actually picks up a story, it, it's all about how miscommunication and yet they're always making out or having sex and stuff. Dangerous Liaisons, uh, episode one. That's the only one I watched. Only one I will ever watch. <laughs> it, it's it's so bad. <laughs> Do not watch that episode. I am telling you, unless you are a fan of romance novels. That was the, my one caveat. If you're a big fan of romance novels, Fifty Shades of Grey, uh, like <laughs> that's your thing. Go for it. So you're so, but if you're a fan of romance novels, you'll really like the show, is what you're saying. Probably, yeah. Okay. It's not even based off the Dangerous Liaisons movie or TV show or movie, book yeah, or novel. Yeah, like it's not based on that. It's like based off a love letter that the show creator. Like I remember you telling me that, yeah. and it's, it's not worth your time. <laughs> Go ahead. Number one on my list was Nine One One, season six, episode seven. That's the Fox. You this. really don't like network shows. <laughs> I mean, no, but again, this made East New York look amazing. <laughs> but I remember how you described this episode, and it was at least entertaining in a way because, like, all the ones I've said have are, have really been boring. But this one, like, you kept on describing some crazy plot that they tried to sell as real. Yes, that, and that that's the biggest problem with it. If this was maybe a satire television show, it would have done a great job. But it was all it. that, like, voodoo and, like, this voodoo, lady Voodoo, it was who, like a rabbit. Basically, a there was this bracelet that was like a rabbit's foot. If you lost it, you ended up having all this terrible stuff happen to you. And she almost dies, and she should have died, like, five times in this episode. <laughs> and she keeps meeting the same L.A. In L.A., the same firefighters, same firefighters that and, are trying to save her. Sure. There's just a weird nofap storyline, which wasn't just for this episode. It was episode. a sperm donation storyline. Yeah, which, like, apparently yeah. lasts multiple episodes, that story arc. I mean, this was just... Apparently abs- people don't like what they've done to that character because apparently he's been pretty cool up until then, and then they just kind of, like, started writing him in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. I forgot and, what his and name was. And randomly, I, like, yeah, much like East New York, it ends with a phone call with this, like, a random firefighter that's having to, like, speak to his wife who he doesn't want to meet to. It's just, it's, it's awful. And so that's... The worst episode that you watch. Yes. The reason right. why it's not on my shows list, though, is because I do think, I mean, it couldn't have last six seasons without, like, having really good storylines. But this episode in and of itself was just, I feel like, a really bad one bad. to watch. Yeah. So, number one on my list. All right. So, do you want to start with the bottom five shows or do you want to do our top five shows? Uh, Bottom five shows. Okay. Bottom five shows. Number five, The Winchesters. Um, oh, wow. This okay. graduated from being... Uh, bottom five episodes that i watched because usually i wouldn't put a bottom five show when i've only seen one episode yeah however when i thought about it it became really apparent how truly nuts the whole premise is so supernatural went off the rails uh like even the fans can commit like uh, admit to that like a long time before it ended it was a show for fan service and that's fine you know Mm -hmm. uh and it retconned its own familial backstory several times in the show, in Supernatural. 
However, this whole series, The Winchesters, feels like a giant desperate plea to get one of their spinoffs to work. Because I know they tried this while Supernatural was running mm -hmm. to just do all these back, uh, what were they called? Something backdoor pilots. Backdoor pilots, yeah. Yes, and they all failed. But this somehow did get greenlit. You have Mary and John, the parents of Sam and Dean, and they have these random friends who are never mentioned uh, in the original show. And they're a bunch of young monster slayers also living the dorm life. And... <laughs> Just the attempt. They didn't even attempt to make the characters look like themselves or act like themselves. It feels so cash grabby. I, I yeah. Just, yeah. So the whole show, I I was able to say from this one episode, I can tell I this is a wasted show. I don't like it. Bottom five. Well, you said about the Winchesters being one episode and I end up on your bottom five shows. I'm looking at my bottom five list and these are all based off of one episode. No, yeah. this was my own personal rule. Number five, I already mentioned it before, but honestly, I felt it was so bad that I should end up on this list. Rebel Day. So comically bad. And Dude, I, I mean, I'm never going to agree with that. It's just because <laughs> it represents almost like skins to me. It was the beginning of the Avengers. It, like, it spun off into every different country. It made... People in, like, Israel pay attention to people in Brazil and, like, learn a different language. It's crazy. The I mean, it's just... They, they started up bands that would, like, tour across the countries. It's such a cool, like, thing that Yeah, happened. look, I can, I can understand how, like, you doing the research for it and seeing all this history yeah. would probably have... It but can't possibly be that bad. Yes, it is. It's it, like High School Musical in the music that they're using. At least you get to enjoy that. I will say the music as song that they have at the end is catchy. But, sure. again, the people that kidnap them and there's this whole entire fire storyline that like, like that's how they end the episode the place but that's that, an, you're going back after the episode you're not going after the show yeah well it's just the characters are so hard to root for they play that it's like the dumbest payoffs that you can possibly imagine rebel day number five i just All i right. can't yeah yeah number four on my list is man vs. b i just wanted mr bean uh <laughs> this was a slapstick but the punch lines were not there uh this is a man trying to kill a bee for nine episodes nine episodes <laughs> I, could, I could probably get pretty tired so yeah that's nine number four okay uh number four for me is elite <laughs> so this is the second like huh. kind of teenage soap opera sure i remember i said that the first but elite i understand because it's like by the fifth season they started doing some really wacky things yeah they lost a lot of the original cast yeah no rio or denver was incredibly sad to see that because that's from, what i was kind of banking on for, for being yeah, good from the money heist. money heist yeah and it, it, it's first few minutes were actually interesting because you see the dead body and you're wondering exactly who did it but after a certain while the show just gets really hard to watch because i didn't care about any of the characters i didn't care about what they did and i feel like it was that way for most of season five i I think you represent most of the audience uh with that with that take um but i do know it got renewed for another season which i do find funny uh number three on my list i gave three top episodes to apple shows however not all of apple shows are winners uh this one surface was probably one of the worst of the year or that's why i'm putting it in my yeah. number three spot uh it's a woman who had amnesia and uh <laughs> and wakes up and finds out that she wasn't the the upstanding figure that she thought that she was she was having an affair it was a waste of the guy who plays uh luke in haunting of right. hill house yeah and uh it didn't make any sense like there were a lot of plot holes i ended up watching three episodes of it and it was a snore fest uh, that's my number three is Surface, yeah. So uh, number three on my list is a Netflix show. It's not the only time you'll see Netflix on my bottom list, but I'm all for them shooting in South Africa. However, the Brave ones. Oh, it's me, got like a three on IMDb. <laughs> oh my God. This, the the storylines 
made literally no sense. <laughs> like the all the like all the shows I have on here, at least the storylines I could like somewhat follow. It just I could not follow it because the characters made no sense. The ending where both characters decided you know, to die. There is a bad thing that's going on with your bottoms though, is that they all have they're all foreign. Like you haven't yeah. Oh well, that that'll change when we get okay. higher in the list. I hope list. so, because it would be sad if like only the subtitled ones you were. Just no, 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 no. <laughs> that, that, believe me, that'll change when we get to the, the top of the list. But right. yeah, this just like number three because it needed a serious rewrite. Again, I was all for them shooting in South Africa. We usually don't see that in a lot of different TV shows. Sure. But here, it was just like the fact that the storyline. I felt like that was the main driving point as to why it was made. I think they were just uh, Netflix was trying to start something like that. There is a huge. I think in Nigeria, there's a big um movie market and stuff yeah. and they're just I, what's it called it's nollywood or something nollywood yeah yeah so maybe they're just trying to tune into that and they just didn't get it here on yeah it also looked really cheap they didn't even bother to make one of the main characters to give him a name they just said man the main character uh the boyfriend of the main character they just entitled him as man i remember mm. it was just yeah i felt really lazy hey, man might but just be his name <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm just gonna yeah number three okay um my number two uh, this is actually a perfectly good show um this show on your bottom shows yes this show wins the thanks i hated award (laughs) it's produced well the cast is great the story is just disgusting and you couldn't make me watch another episode if you paid me a friend in the family (laughs) i got like goosebumps watching this because of how much i hated seeing what this one dude and this is based on a true story which is so much worse um did to this poor family and specifically this poor kid. But isn't that and the reaction you're was, supposed to have? Yes, but they did it too well. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they just, like, overdid it. I don't know. The point is, there's a time jump that happens, and I didn't even get to that point. But the fact that whatever he's doing, I'm not going to get into it too much, is is hurting this family for as long as the time jump happens. Like, they cast the characters 10 years later or something. is repulsive. And I wanted to punch him. Like, even just thinking about it now, it's like Jake Lacey. I'm, it's, it's, I will never <laughs> look at him changed. the same. Yeah, he's, he's just a monster. Um, but yeah, that's my number two. Number two for me was Bel Air. Bel Air, I'll give it this. It was incredibly different. But don't say it was, because it was also renewed. Different and all the wrong ways i i said before i don't know how they're gonna make a season two especially now but i mean like just it's just taking what used to be a comedy a will smith comedy this is now making it a a very dark this uh, is an this is an unintentional comedy yeah then they make um (laughs) what's his brother's name carlton yeah then they make carlton Carlton, my favorite character everyone's favorite character from the original you make him a crack addict you make him like the most hateable i I don't think he was a crack addict i think he was like on adderall he did ecstasy they make a joke about it yeah but he's like snorting ecstasy he's just someone who absolutely hates ecstasy. will smith huh. yeah it's i mean just the yeah most... i think it's more the dynamic there that you don't like to see it's like i want to see these two get along <laughs> the first 15 minutes of this was a basketball game and then when like the thugs end up losing the basketball game because will smith is playing and it will smith takes out his friend's gun and almost shoots the main bad guy and, and it, when you compare that to the original which got it done way faster in like a title sequence and it's like one, that's the one little fight that will smith is talking about here he's about to shoot the main guy bad guy what were they thinking this should never have been made in short you're saying this was just a bad year for will smith yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right last uh on my list and then we'll get be able to talk about optimistic happy stuff again (laughs) is uh my my least favorite show of this year 
And this would have been on my best shows list for the last two years. Oh, no. <laughs> um, probably. It would have been in contention at least last year. Definitely on it two years ago. Um, I'm devastated because of probably my favorite show turning into a smoldering pile of toxic garbage. We kind of addressed it when we did the episode. The storylines are now bad. The plot holes are enormous. Um, but most importantly is. to this show, you really can't figure it out. The characters have been bastardized to a point of complete insanity. Westworld? And, no, I mean, Westworld okay. I could do with it. I was already sold off of Westworld after season <laughs> two, and I was actually okay with it because I, I kind of just re-identified that the show was going to be following Dolores' character. Okay. The, this show here, it, there's nothing familiar about it anymore, um, and it's for all mankind. Oh. So yeah, <laughs> for all mankind, number one. I this, mean, like, this wow, was okay. this was hard to watch. Like I knew I was going to watch all the episodes because I just had that much invested. I was like, I'm going, I'm, I'm riding with it till the end. I know it's been renewed. I will have to reevaluate the <laughs> reevaluate <laughs> that before I jump back into it. So you're, so you're not sold on watching season four now? No, I will continue to watch okay. it. I just don't want to tell myself that I will because <laughs> it's torture. Um, and I really like the last maybe five minutes where they kind of go off script and they start doing this like little sciencey thingy mm -hmm. it had nothing to do with the actual plot of the show the actual plot of the show is a stinky pile of trash like i said and uh everybody should never watch that season again <laughs> i think that when it comes to like our our ratings our, i remember they were completely different i gave the uh, season three episode one an eight and i think that you gave it a five. Oh, i saw for i saw it clearly i knew what it was <laughs> and uh i was right <laughs> like if there was an award for i was completely right about this show and where it's going it was not heading in the right direction and i knew it. i will say this i saw the first two seasons and even after i saw the uh episode premiere i was i didn't really feel like i needed to watch season three i was just kind of done so danny 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 <laughs> and not even danny and his brother um okay um so i just oh yeah you're number yeah, one, number one on. i got so <laughs> like lost in sadness and depression just thinking about that number one on my list uh made me sad as well they had all the ingredients they even had the rule book they had the name but man did this fail blockbuster oh. how awful this tv show was that was a little destined to fail though because it was made by netflix no, so you knew that no, they were going to no. try to be like it could it could have worked it could have worked if they didn't go this like lame almost peacock like route with it and like it was just awful i mean the story the characters the acting i didn't care about any of yeah, it yeah i think you need to be a little bit more specific so they brought in randall park right yeah randall park to be the main actor and so you're thinking well this is going to be a great comedy they also has brought the guy in the attached. guy from America. American Vandal as well. The woman JB Smooth. Yes, JB Smooth, who I was really excited to see. Did a terrible job here. And it didn't look think, like he wanted to be think, there. Well, this could be a really cutting, sarcastic show, but at the same time, throw us back in nostalgia times. Right. I think I, I think I said this during the podcast that the biggest mistake they did was that they didn't center it around like 90s blockbuster or early 2000s. They barely centered they, it around blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> they centered it around modern day blockbuster as if it, it there's, there's still one and they said, well, we're going to make this show about that one today as opposed to making it when it was like the biggest deal they could yeah. make something really cool where everybody was like oh i remember doing that but yeah it's and no, and I know yeah I blockbuster can't. wasn't even a main part of the storyline it was a romance it was, yeah it was Almost. a romance just like a terrible characters awfully written i said that it, just, it doesn't seem like the cast even wanted to be there some of them jb smooth it looked like he was hurting when he was doing it i just what? <laughs> it looked like smooth looks the same in everything no it looked like he didn't want to be there really? i could i could tell i I was looking like really into that scene. Just yeah, awful. Does he look like he wants to be there in Harley Quinn? 
when he's a plant. <laughs> I like him in Harley Quinn. How about not those like commercials with Eli Manning? No, I think that he, he looks like he's enjoying himself in the Eli Manning. He looks like he's enjoying himself in Blockbuster. I think you're just clouded by how much you dislike the show Probably. otherwise. All right. Probably. Um, so now our top shows. Ready? Yes. Number five. Do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. This is actually the most shocking pick on my list because I did not think it was going to somehow make it, but I really thought about it, and I like the rest of the series as well. I put on Peacemaker. Peacemaker uh, is now oh, my that number five spot. Though. Yeah, no, I mean, like, John Cena does a great job. Completely changed my opinion of him from the movies. He's such a likable presence there. He makes this show what it is, no question about it. And, and the special effects are great. It did feel like you were just watching, like, a sequel to Suicide Squad yeah. almost. No, James Gunn did a great job here, and yeah, Peacemaker, surprised made it on my list number five and yeah even with the drama drama behind recasting vigilante that didn't seem to play too much and no. Ely's still my favorite character or one of my favorite <laughs> sidekicks that i've seen in any show number five for me is under the banner of heaven i watched the series after reviewing the premiere episode and it's a tragic story it's well acted it's legitimately but justifiably creepy unlike um uh, what was the show that i just talked about uh, a friend in the family <laughs> yeah uh, i could have done with a little less flash backs to like the prior century when they were trying to give the but i was happy that they did sort of an intense investigation that wasn't afraid to poke at the extreme sectors of mormonism Mm -hmm. because i think that that was interesting to watch especially what's his face andrew garfield yeah yeah like he does not do tv shows ever so i'm sure seeing his presence there was probably pretty good yeah he was cool number four for me was another dc series i didn't even realize that until just now but harley quinn i don't think i addressed as much as i wanted to in the uh well we had a whole season to go through so yeah hard to no i mean like this show is not afraid to take all these different characters that you know from either comic books, uh, films, anything, and just like throw them in and make them the most obnoxious characters. Well, it's they not like a- to take in super vil- uh, superheroes that are like barely even talked about right. from the comics, right? So there's like random people showing up, but then they also take big ones like Batman and then they do something really <laughs> Yes, all them. the different traits, and that's definitely by far the best part of the show, but the humor, especially this season, like seasons one and two were good, but season three really showed, I feel like, its strength. I love the Joker. The Joker is my favorite character of the whole series but even the main crew like people i found originally annoying such as like Clayface, he's really starting to grow on me as well i found that the storyline also the emotional beats worked a lot better and you know what even the poison ivy and harley quinn them being together which i did not like in season two it, that storyline started to grow on me as well and i feel like that's the entire point of the show it's though. not yeah, yeah it's not afraid to be violent it's not afraid to be adult as adult as it wants to maybe a little too kid friendly at times actually uh with Should like killed everything the moral message but you know what overall i was like yes this deserves to be on my top shows list yeah it'll be interesting to see where it goes since the showrunners have now left to do other things and they've like put someone else in their place gets me a little worried yeah but there's a holiday special or valentine's day special that's coming up pretty soon for it my number four we reviewed the first episode and i expected from that first episode that the rest of the show would be just classic nathan for you of course i'm talking about the rehearsal okay and um That episode alone was pretty good. But, like, once you see the whole show and you realize, like, how trippy and crazy it gets, um, (laughs) I've I've read a lot of people who are, like, more blown away with the ending than I was, but it still deserves to be one of the top four talked about shows, best shows of 2022. Um, Yeah, the dude is, like, it has you questioning, like, what does he (laughs) actually believe? Who is this guy? 
Is there, he an alien? <laughs> it seems like he barely breaks character. Like, mm. I mean, like, yeah, he, I, he can't believe. He's not like Aubrey Plaza where she, like, you can definitely tell that a lot of it is a character. With him, it's like, where does it end? <laughs> where are you? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, number three for you. Number three, winning time. Uh, I saw the oh, yeah, pilot for it like as well. I still plan on watching the rest of the series. I mean, I thought that it got me scared because I thought to myself, okay, they're maybe going to, like, parody The Last Dance a little bit too much. Maybe it's going to remind me too much of that. It did. But in the, in a way that I really enjoyed, and it's not afraid to be like kind of avant garde. So was it worth breaking up Will Ferrell's and Adam McKay's friendship for? I mean, is I that did. a worthy cost? They sacrificed that to make a good show. Look, Adam McKay made a really really good show at the winning time. That's okay. all I'll say about it. And also, it has an A list cast. Adrian Brody, I think, was my favorite character from the thing. Yeah, no, really great TV series. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, I just remember the tweet we put out with Adrian Brody's uh, thing on the roof. Didn't yeah. we, like, have a little moment there? <laughs> yeah, all right. So my third episode, or sorry, my third show was also part of my episodes. It's Pachinko. Um, the only reason it's not one or two, probably, is because I haven't actually finished this show yet. Seriously. That's how good it is, is that I know that it's going to be one of the top three best shows. Um, I've seen about four or five episodes at this point, and it's a feat. It just, it, even the sounds are great. I remember I went <laughs> off about the sounds and how Apple had really did really well with those. Um, and again, credit to them for making it to begin with. Uh, yeah, so that's my number three. You know, it's funny you say that about Pachinko with like, you know it's going to be good because I have the same feeling with my number two pick here. In fact, I feel like- Bell Air, oh wait, no, that's the wrong one. <laughs> no, the bear. I feel the like bear. <laughs> this has the potential to actually be number one. Like if Jeremy I were to watch Allen the White. series. Jeremy Allen White does a great job. I mean, like he's exceptional on this, but you have some fun guest spots as well. It has a perfect blend of being incredibly hectic. I said like uncut gems in the podcast, but it's also dark, fun, and most of all, the thing I like most about it, it's witty. All the like dialogue, and gritty. This is <laughs> witty and gritty. Yeah. Yes. And it's very, very snappy as well. It, this like, if it wasn't for my number one pick, would absolutely you be. You said one. that it reminded you of actually working at a restaurant. Oh yeah, no, I mean, but like the tense. The but even that <laughs> times tenfold because yes. of like all of like almost the verbal abuse that you see that like all of them have to go through. I know there's one episode in particular where like their restaurant gets a C and they're having to like redo everything. I just overall great, great series. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I think that people would agree with that. And then my number two, this is probably up there because it, I had such low expectations. I honestly thought it could be one of the worst shows just going into it just by because I didn't know anything about it. It looks really cheaply made. Um, and then I just watched it and it was funny and it was stupid, but it was like it just continued to grow on you. <laughs> and the characters did, too. And the comedy just sneaks up on you after a while. It's lowbrow humor, but then it's just woven really well. This fool. Um, and I watched the full season for it. Uh, very unique character. The way I would describe it is it's always sunny characters, people who are irredeemable yeah. almost, but like they actually are good people in this. Like they <laughs> actually have souls and morals <laughs> and it, but it, they do really bad things, but like you can tell it actually, they, they do them for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. So um, it's weird. Yeah, so this fool number two. I remember, yeah, like I think Fred Armisen makes an appearance in the finale or something, right? Yeah, good yeah. comedy. So number one for me, uh, and it, it kind of stayed number one ever since I watched it. Nothing really came close except for maybe the bear. It was the offer. Hmm. The offer, I don't and understand. There's been a polarized, like, tension about... I do about... not understand the Ron Tomeo score for this. Okay, thing. so I can explain that. A lot of people aren't like the Godfather. Yeah. But they're not obsessed with it. 
and so they don't necessarily appreciate a movie that <laughs> or, or sorry a, a full show that's oriented about just the making of the godfather i mean i agree more with the imdb rating which has it in the top 250 uh and this has everything i mean you have an a a lot of hollywood cast. patting itself on the back though and so people sometimes get sick i of don't that. care i don't care i mean it has but you're A-list. really into films so. yeah it has an a-list cast i mean the story is so intriguing to me i know things about the godfather in fact i had to watch the godfather for this episode which again was a great uh thing but like seeing it actually played out on screen was great it has great cinematography this thing looks like a movie and there's this weird thing that's happening now because why woman kill was my it was the 202nd podcast that we did the offer was my 306 podcast sure. so at the very beginning of like every single hundred so maybe the next one's going to be uh at the beginning of the 400 but still before we get there offer number one on my list absolutely Awesome. And at this point, people are probably wondering if they haven't checked out the list, which they should have done, why we aren't talking about like things like Better Call Saul, Ozark, The White Lotus. And those are shows that a either we've done before, before this, which we can't then talk yeah. about for this year, um, or we didn't get to them um, with Ozark specifically. You haven't seen any of the series and jumping into a random episode would have felt really bad. Because I saw the pilot, but the, yeah, I would missed have missed the opportunity. Of, yeah, and that's also the same for Better Call Saul, The White Lotus we already did beforehand. The uh, one show that I've seen talked about a lot is We Own This City. Um, and that one I would have loved to do and we just missed that one. Yeah, so, no, like, we it, missed also Euphoria and Our Flag Means Death, which were two that I Which we'll get to like yeah, some other time. At some point. But, but like the point is that if you haven't heard the show, there's a good possibility that's the reason why uh and we still have our little awards to go through at the end of this but my top show of the year my favorite and i think a lot of people's is severance and we reviewed episode three and at that point i didn't know whether or not the show was going to give you the payoff you knew Mm -hmm. it was good the setup was good the good characters and uh and mysterious very mysterious about what's going on a lot of theories floating around and you're just like will this pay off you have ben stiller in the background (laughs) doing his thing and the penultimate probably puts the show, the penultimate episode probably puts the show in the top five shows of the year. But the cliffhanger at the end of the entire series, the like throw, yeah, in the entire first season, throws the whole show into the stratosphere to me. <laughs> I think it's uh, by far, it answers almost all your questions. Thank you for providing answers to a sci-fi series that asks <laughs> a lot of questions. This is kind of like a first since maybe Westworld season yeah. one, where it, all came around in the end and you felt like you knew uh, almost as much going in and and you felt like actually satisfied and not like oh well they're just stringing me along and along and along and again i think the good thing about the show is that yeah. it provides setup but it's not just like boring setup just to get to like answers later on it's like no you're you're invested throughout the i'm whole doing everything way. i can to tiptoe around it but um it, like to tiptoe around giving away any details about it in the hopes that anybody who hasn't watched yeah, it will right. go and check it out um but uh, there was one other thing I wanted to say, but I've seen it twice now and you even catch things, even though it feels maybe sometimes boring, you are actually catching things on the second go around that like you wouldn't expect. No, I agree. Like, Severance, was, Severance was great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there, there were a couple ones that I am shocked that weren't on your thing. There were ones that I was hoping that you would get to and you did money heist Korea blockbuster. Mm-hmm. One that you should have gotten to that I'm 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 really judging. I, you I on. know I know which one it's going to be because it, it but I will address that later on. It's Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that I know. should have made something. And then Andor, I feel like could have possibly been in your top ones. Peacemaker, you did actually get to players, um, which I thought was underrated. But we're going to jump into our awards now. Um, and the first award that we have 
was the What Were We Thinking Award, which <laughs> is the episode that if you look at our ratings that we ourselves look at and think, what what happened there? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it'd be really funny if it was like a really current episode like when I said that about Echo, Echo 3 and it was like a week ago no this is it's probably going to be one from a, a while back and there's probably a reason for it so like IMDB likes to do a structure where it has a bell curve with ratings where most of shows that are even like mediocre are going to fall in the 7 range like a C you know mm-hmm. but instead of a 5 range and about I don't know uh, 3 months into the year I was like this is ridiculous let's start like trying to move it towards being more critical and move that rating more to a five. I was giving a lot of things sevens. Yeah, you were giving (laughs) a lot of things sevens. And so I think it skewed it a little bit. But when I look back and I see that I gave the thing about Pam a seven, the same rating that I gave Shining Girls, the same rating that I gave Welcome to Rexon, and the same rating that I gave Chanteron, which are all 10 times better than (laughs) the thing about Pam. Uh, yeah. I don't even remember you giving it a seven because I remember how much you were you were kind of against it. I I, I felt like I was, <laughs> so I don't understand that either. It's weird. Um, but yeah, that's my double take. Uh, so yours, my yours? double take. Um, and I kind of realized it later on. Last days of Potomac Gray. I still think that Samuel Jackson is a great actor and he gives a fantastic performance really here. That. But an eight point five, especially for kind of a slow story, especially like when the show is just like so taxing and long to watch and, and definitely boring at points. That was such a high rating to give it. Hmm. So I, you know, and I was thinking about it when we were doing our best shows back in April. I was like, should I put Last Days of Potomac Gray on there? And I was really, really looking hard, and I was like, no. And I really probably shouldn't have been as like I should given it as high a score as I did. But you never finished the series, no. right? And okay. I probably won't, honestly. I just remember Samuel L. Jackson actually bought the rights, I think, to the story to actually be able to perform in it. I don't know. I think, no, the show is still good, but definitely not an 8.5. Hey, yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, the next award that we're giving is the They Did What Award, which was the most surprising renewal slash cancellation. I'm saying for cancellations, Westworld and Paper Girls. Westworld, I think people talk their everybody's ears off. Like that's it's crazy that it got canceled right before it was about to have its like final seasons mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, but Paper Girls felt like Utopia, where it was setting up for like a wider, longer uh, lifespan on Amazon. Right, that's where yeah. it was out, and uh, it just got canceled right at the start. Um, and the renewal that I was shocked by was actually the first show that we uh, that was of the year. Um, the Cleaning oh, the Lady. Lady. Yes, yeah. I gave that a bad review because the pilot just seemed super tacky. And uh, I don't know why it got renewed unless it got significantly better. I only have a surprising renewal here, and it's I Am Groot because why? Why do they feel the need to do, like, like it was so short anyways. I hope it doesn't get to the point where it just becomes really annoying. Because- You're positive that I Am Groot got renewed? Yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's shocking. Like, yeah, I, I second your, I must have missed that. <laughs> that's crazy. Because um, most of the time they come off with these one-off things and like, yeah. Yeah, you, know, you would think that that would be it. Yeah. Interesting. The next award is the What Were They Thinking Award. That's where the sentiment, audience, or critical is much more divergent than our own. We still agree with our rating, but others don't. Yeah. Or uh, just straight up, like, what were they thinking making the show? Yeah. It can be either way. You can interpret it however you want. Um, for me, it's like compare the series that I'm about to bring up to MacGyver, which was brought back because of nostalgia, but they didn't bring back Richard Dean Anderson. He retired. That mm-hmm. makes sense in a way. The show still was arguably not that good, but uh, with this show, it didn't make any sense to me. Quantum Leap, first, 
A, make it good if you're going to bring it back. <laughs> and I don't think that many places have said that this is particularly no. good. But B, make sure that you've got, like, at least Scott Bakula on board to make a cameo. He's still very active in the television television world. Yeah. And, like, the idea that he, he would be open to something like this and yet you make it in a way that he doesn't want to be a part of it, that's yeah. – that, there's something wrong there. And what were they thinking? I mean, so many fans were – I mean, that's what they wanted. Scott Bakula back and they couldn't even do it. Uh, here, this show got critical acclaim and I was saying I was looking at best stuff tv shows and this was it was landing on lists but the dropout i mean like i know it, apparently it was really really good but i just gave it a low score because so did i yeah. i don't i don't really see like the uh the point in doing it Theranos, i feel yeah. like that story has been told but because it is still in the atmosphere like elizabeth holmes just got sentenced i think to yeah. a certain amount of time um I, I mean, maybe the acting just turns out to be really good. And the, it, it actually has made me kind of think to go back, to go back and, watch, and check it out. watch the rest of the series. But so I less mean, about what yeah. were they thinking and what was what was what's going on there? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, this next award is called the I Was Wrong Award. It's for a show that we've misjudged or mispredicted. Uh, Moonhaven came to mind. Um, She-Hulk. I know that the audience reception <laughs> of that has not been great, and I gave it a pretty positive review in the first episode. Um, but I will actually give this award to Suspicion because I finished that show, and it ended up being pretty lame <laughs> <laughs> and with a bad twist, and I expected it to be good. So, yeah, um, yeah that was I was completely off with that one. I would not recommend it to people. Um, the other show I want to mention here, though, is Game of Thrones. I ended up watching the full series to that, um, the, the House of the Dragon, of course. Um, and I remember the first pilot episode, I was I was pretty critical of it because I was very skeptical that anything post-season five of Game of Thrones in that universe was ever going to be good again. And actually, I think by season, episode three of the Game of Thrones House of the Dragon series, I was sold, I was back on board. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought they did a really good job episode there and i also thought the rest of the series came together really well i can't wait for the next season which isn't going to be until 2024 though. i was surprised how many people i knew it was going to be a big show but i was surprised how many people were willing to give it a chance and then it, it seemed like somehow yeah it actually exceeded some people's expectations and it turned out to be a pretty good show i'm still watching it, it but was, yeah you're still going through it yeah but i mean i i agree no what I, was the i was a wrong for you Resident Evil. Um, okay. I can justify why I gave it a six. I was trying to be as gracious as I could because I was like, it was awful. I was really trying to like see if there was any redeeming factor. But like, yeah, no, in the end, when it comes down to it all, I really shouldn't have. It did not deserve a six. I think that the biggest problem with the show is just the, really, it just didn't deserve it's a just the writing. Yeah, no. yeah, the writing's bad. It, it gets uh, goofy. Yeah. <laughs> There, no, 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 no. no goofy by the end of the series. I read what happens oh. later on, and it just gets goofy. So it's <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for something so bad it's good, that might be the one yeah. to go into. But also, if you're a fan of the games or any sort of the lore there, you're not going to like it. <laughs> um, okay, The Underdog. Uh, this one I really wish had made one of your lists because it truly deserves to be talked about more. This show is uh, it's just been picked up by TNT, uh, it was actually produced in a different country, but it will be airing worldwide, or at least in the U.S. Mm -hmm. for the first time. The Lazarus, the Lazarus Project. Project. I watched that full series. It's the best sci-fi. It's one of the best sci-fi shows of the year. It, yeah, I mean, um, it has high stakes. It's action-packed. The Underdog Award for me was the Lazarus Project. Yeah. <laughs> and it seemed like it was following I'm a complex story. I'm going off script story. by saying I was taking your show to put it there because, yeah, I'm glad that you are saying that. that but you didn't. Did you see the full show? No, I only saw the one episode. But the one episode I saw dealt with the end of the world. 
And I was like, what? <laughs> I know. Watch The Lazarus Project. It's got the guy from Wakefield in it. It's got the guy from Strike, right? Is that the name of yeah. the show? The Strike? <laughs> um, it's got uh, the guy from uh, I May Destroy You. A lot of talent there. Our next uh, and one of our final uh, awards goes to The Backstory. That's what it's called. It's where um, we do research for every single show. So one of the shows that we did research, whichever one really stood out as like, this is, if you ever have to talk about something, this is, has its own story behind it. Yeah. I've got three different, actually, yeah, three different contestants. I have four. <laughs> <laughs> three different contestants for me were Lost Ollie, the William Joyce story, and uh, how that, that's what it was based off of. And if you read about William Joyce, he's done amazing stuff. He was actually one of the workers on the original Toy Story. And then Shannon Tindall, who actually created the series, uh, he actually replied to our tweet, gave us a little more information on one of the questions <laughs> we had. <laughs> and also learning about Walter Tevis and Man Who Fell to Earth. I know that series got canceled, but the history behind it, the fact that there was a musical made on it, how David Bowie got cast, <laughs> like that type of stuff, it's, it's crazy. But the one that, re oh, no, I do have four just like you. The Rebel Day. Yeah, I knew, <laughs> I knew that was going to show up. Rebel Day list. is just, it, it's a 20-minute conversation to be had, and it also, it could it could be my number one. Eh. Dark Winds, I actually read the books that this first season was based off of. Tony Hillerman's like, work has been done several times. I'm glad you mentioned Dark Winds. I remember the day after you posted it, because you posted it that night, I, I had COVID. Oh, wow. Yeah, and we even tried to do God's Favorite Idiot in like different places, if you remember that. And the Players Podcast, we did like two different times. and, and Yeah, because the recording got botched. Recording got botched, yeah. For me, uh, the best show to research on, my four were Severance, Irma Vep, Smiling Friends, and Paper Girls. Uh, Severance Irma Vep, I had to watch like uh, the Irma Vep film for and Severance, I remember to get kind of like in the mood for it. I watched Office Space for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I just did a lot of research for those paper girls. I read the whole entire comic series. Actually, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> Especially like the Paper Girls, comics. like Miss Marvel, where I read the first edition or whatever it's called. Yeah, I think there was like 30, 30 issues for Paper Girls. And again, I was surprised at how good it was. But the number one uh, show that I found the most fun to research for was Smiling Friends. I remember wanting to do this when I saw like the picture for it, when we were like talking about which shows we were going to pick. Because sure. I knew that there was, just from the still of it, I was like, there's a story behind this. And yeah, like the fact that it was made by youtubers and all the different stuff i learned it gave me a newfound respect for the show and it honestly seems like the biggest shows uh from adult swim since like rick and morty it's the only adult swim show we did this last uh this last uh year next year the coming year uh there's gonna be some new shows there's like the last of us i'm looking forward to that one the mm -hmm. secret invasion show there's a band of brothers pacific sequel that's gonna come wow. out too yes okay. but that all paves the way for our final award which is the most forgettable <laughs> show and I would have to give this... Well, actually, you go first. Uh, I would give it to the Essex Serpent because I remember I liked it, but I do not remember anything about it. I only remember Tom Hiddleston and Claire Danes were in it, and I do not remember anything about the story. Well, I know a podcast you can listen to to find out about it. <laughs> um, for me, this this was a clear winner. Um, it was definitely Sedention. Uh, we watched two seasons of it, talked about it for an hour. And, sedention? Yeah, Sedention. Yeah, see, that's... Yep, that's the response. Okay, we so that's obviously not a show that we did. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. Sedention? Yeah, Sedention. It was about something. 
I do have a biggest letdown, actually. Uh, like oh, a okay. category for me. All right, before we close it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, welcome to Wrexham. I was expecting from the trailer and from like just the interesting subject matter, also star power behind it, to be better than it, uh, better than it was. I gave it a six. I still think it, I still stand by it, but I was really hoping for more. Uh, I I think you got to watch the full series to get like the full effect of it. I know that they're coming out with another season because they've made it postseason. Like they still are actively engaged. Ryan yeah. Ryan Reynolds and and what's his face are, are still uh, actively engaged with that team. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for this year's review. Um, we'll see you on the next episode where we'll be back to doing our normal podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a nice day. Bye. Bye. Bye.